Welcome back to the Nourish Your Potential podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A from Instagram where I get you involved to ask any of your burning nutrition questions and sort the facts from fiction. I got a great response and lots of thought-provoking questions, but have chosen the top five. If I missed your question, don't panic. I will look at doing some more Q&A episodes moving forward. Starting off, first question is what is the best nutrition to help with inflammation? In terms of what we can eat to be anti-inflammatory, I would encourage you all to look into the Mediterranean style of eating and the DASH diet. So these two eating patterns have been studied quite extensively. And although there isn't technically a definition for an anti-inflammatory diet, these eating patterns emphasize eating fresh whole foods such as fruits and healthy fats, lean meats and vegetables whilst limiting processed foods and sugar. So some specific food examples of anti-inflammatory foods include blueberries, raspberries, oily fish, which includes things like salmon, kahawai, sardines, tuna and mackerel, and also herring. Um, Vegetables, of course, mushrooms and leafy greens, avocado, turmeric and olive oil, to name a few. Next question is how to fuel appropriately for cramps and races lasting around two to three hours. So I'm assuming they mean muscle cramps. So muscle cramps can be super uncomfortable and there is no simple answer as to why they occur. So we know the risk factors include factors like dehydration, electrolyte imbalance, hot and humid conditions, muscle fatigue and poor conditioning. So pushing too hard or for longer than what you have done in training or trying a completely new activity. So if we think about all those possible risk factors that tie into muscle cramps during prolonged exercise, then I would suggest trying to reduce the risk of these. So for example, training appropriately for the event you're working towards, including acclimation or acclimatization, If you're training through winter in New Zealand for something like Ken's Ironman or Kona, then your body is in for a bit of a shock with the climate, like heat and humidity. So if you're not artificially getting used to those conditions or have time to spend a few weeks over there in that climate, then you could run into issues. Also training at intensity, proper durations that your race is going to be and hitting appropriate mileage for that race. In terms of hydration and electrolytes, working with a sports dietitian will allow you to do sweat rate testing and consider if further supplementation with, say, electrolyte tablets is necessary on top of what you might get from things like sports drink. The other thing I would suggest people do if they're regularly experiencing muscle cramps is to start to note down when and how this is happening and if there's a common theme. So for example, is it only happening in races when your heart rate is staying too high for too long? Is it when you're doing extended hill climbs and you haven't done enough hills in training? Is it when you forgot your fluid and you're really dehydrated? So all these questions are important to ask yourself because they can contribute to the risk of cramps. The third question is, what are the biggest mistakes marathon runners make with their daily nutrition and training? So not race day. This is a great question. This can be so varied because every runner I've worked with is so different, but generally speaking, I would say most people poorly distribute protein and energy throughout their day, especially those who train a lot first thing in the morning. So they might not even eat before training 
and have not enough after for recovery. It might be a really hit and miss breakfast. They might get busy at work. Then lunch might be pretty hit and miss. And suddenly most of their food intake's at the other end of the day. And there's this complete mismatch between when the energy really was needed and when it's going in, but also looking at the balance of that food through the day, it's just all out of whack. So that would be a big one. The other one I would say is not training as they would race, particularly the longer, the key long runs and practicing nutrition in them. So what I would ideally suggest is if you're training for a marathon, say you're aiming for, I don't know, a three to four hour or maybe five hour marathon, then in your training, you should have key long runs that might be two to four hours in duration, say, and you need to be getting up at the time in the morning that you plan on race day, having the same breakfast you plan on having and any top-up snacks and then running at a similar time as you will on race day. Then you need to be practicing your nutrition through that session as you would on race day, exactly as you plan. Because there's no point in thinking, oh yeah, on race day it will all come together and I can hit 60 grams an hour and 800 mils of fluid and all be fine. If you haven't even done that in training, you will probably struggle when you're at intensity in a race. So just as important as you practice your, your nutrition at race intensity. Next question is, what's the best low fiber and easily consumed power bar to eat during a full marathon? So if you find your tummy is a bit sensitive to high fiber foods during running, then my suggestion is to look for some of the more refined sports nutrition bars. A lot of the big companies make these, whether it's Morton or High Five, and sometimes even just your standard supermarket muesli bars that are lower in fiber can be great as well. By lower fiber, I would look at a food label and try to find ones with less than 5 grams of fiber per 100 grams. And that's contrary to everyday healthy eating where I say the more fiber the better. (laughs) So avoid things like fruit bars, natural whole food bars, nut bars or anything oat based as these will probably be quite high in fiber. The fifth and final question for today's episode is, they say stress can often lead to reduced appetite. During these times, is it okay if I rely on protein shakes? So stress is a funny one because it can have so many impacts on how we feel and this is different for everyone. Some people find their appetite increases and they crave sweet foods. Other people find if they're stressed or anxious, that they find it really hard to eat and have no appetite at all. I can very much relate to this. I find personally, if I'm really upset, feeling sad or overwhelmed, my appetite goes way off and I feel I feel physically hungry, but nothing takes my fancy, even my favorite foods, and it's really hard to want to eat. Um, and it can be even harder when you know that you're needing to eat and nourish your body and you're just not feeling that well. So if if you're struggling with this and you're having a protein shake, I would much rather you're having a protein shake over having nothing at all. And something else you could do is think, you know, fluids are often a really easy nutrition source to get in when we aren't feeling so well. And what I would suggest is trying to make that fluid nutrition as nourishing as possible by adding in not only your protein powder, but you could add in some frozen banana and berries, maybe some chia seeds, a little bit of nut butter, and just try and make it as nutrient dense as possible. Because even if you're managing only a glass, at least you're getting a lot within that glass, which is better than skipping a meal altogether. So that's five of the questions covered. 
I was planning on keeping this episode short and sweet, but if you have any other nutrition questions for upcoming podcasts, please feel free to message me and I'll look to include some of the ones or the questions that I didn't include today as well. I will answer any questions anonymously and hopefully offer some helpful nutrition tips. <laughs>